You sisters know that my skin has been glowing lately. And I'm here to tell you my secret. Oak Essentials. You've heard us talk about their line of luxurious products before, and we're so excited to have them as a sponsor of OK Sister Podcast because now you can join in on the glowy goodness. You know Oak Essentials is legit because it was created by none other than our favorite brand ever, Jenny Kane. Oak Essentials is known for its simple approach to self-care with a lineup of foundational skincare staples made with high-quality ingredients that drive results. It aims to unlock healthy, glowing skin with decadent and hydrating ingredients that give you a luxe, dewy glow. I won't shut up about the Moisture Rich Balm. It's a nutrient-rich balm that supports collagen production and delivers serious hydration for a luminous glow. And a luminous glow indeed. The way my skin feels like butter after applying this balm. This balm will make you never want to wear makeup again. And you can apply generously during your night routine to lock in moisture as you dream. It's the definition of beauty sleep. Treat yourself or someone else this season. You sisters will get 15% off and a free organic honey-based restorative mask with their first order. Oh my God, what a deal. When you use code OKSIS15 at checkout. That's right. 15% off plus a gift with your first order at O-A-K-E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-S.com. Promo code OKSIS15, OKAYSIS15. Go ahead and treat yourself. From luxurious skincare to meaningful self care, you deserve it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sis podcast. Hi sisters, I'm Maddie. And I'm Scout. And we are sisters IRL. I'm the older one. Yes, Scout, we know. We're cultural observers. And of curious minds. Get ready for sisterly banter while we chat about fixations, learnings, and personal growth. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood! Hello and welcome back to OK Sis. My name is Mads. My name is Scoutala and we are sisters IRL and... Madela, we got a new community center, like a like the JCC, <laughs> like the Jewish Community Center. We have an OSCC, OKSIS Community Center. We have a community center. It sounds like an old age home. OSCC? Yeah. Oh, that could also be community college. Maybe we have a community college, too. Nope. I'm going to unsubscribe from that. Uh, Sisters, we have a new digital home for the OKSIS community, a.k.a. the sisterhood, on Geneva. So if you don't know about Geneva, it's a community building app. We are so obsessed with it. It is very on brand for us, very cozy and chic and fun. And they have all these different rooms for us to chat with you guys. I know we had a secret Facebook group. We are going to be effectively closing that down as of last week. So if you were in there, it'll be open, but we're not going to be posting in there any longer. Everything will be on Geneva so that we can all be under one roof. We can talk about 
books, current fixations, mental health. Um, we're sending each other's, you know, Shits Creek memes. Like it is such a vibe in there. So be sure to join. We'll put the link in the show notes and come join a rad community of women. Yeah. So you guys don't even know, sisters, what I've been dealing with for the last like eight months is that all Mads does is complain about the fact that Facebook exists and that our community is in Facebook. I hate it so much. She hates Facebook so much and I totally get it. And I was thinking, we were always thinking like we need a place that makes sense. Like Instagram's great. Everyone has Instagram. It's not like a community center. Again, community center is the theme. <laughs> and so center. then we found Geneva and it's ridiculous. And let me tell you just a little bit why it's so great. So there's different rooms. So we have a current fixation room. We have an introduction room. We have a mental health room. All different rooms that you can chat with each other. We can live broad stream. We can video chat with each other. We can text each other. We can do some clubhouse shit, audio, whatever. So it basically just took every literal way that we can communicate and put it into one very cutely branded app. So we are so excited. And Mads, you sent a Nickelodeon GIF and um, I was going to say it was off brand but it was the first two minutes of Geneva being open and I didn't want to embarrass you wait which one you sent a Rugrats GIF oh well that is because that was the best GIF that said welcome and it let us introduce ourselves also we enjoy the Rugrats Hanukkah the one Rugrats Hanukkah video that they <laughs> and created. The, and the Rugrats Passover. We yeah, used to watch that all the time. That's the extent of our Nickelodeon Rugrats career over here. Career. Anyway, so we'll see you on Geneva. We're so excited. We'll be besties over there, so be sure to join. All right. Now let's get into this episode. Oh, wow. Wow. We have supermodel, but more importantly, angel woman, Mm-hmm. Emily DiDonato. So if you don't know her, she's very beautiful model, beautiful both inside and out. She just launched this skincare line called Cubby with her best friend, which we talk a little bit about working with your best friend and like partnerships in that way. She's also newly pregnant. So we talked a lot about body image and the way that our body's changing and the inner dialogue we have uh, in regards to the evolution of our bodies throughout our whole lives. I thought it was, she is just a breath of fresh air. I love her. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the consensus. I love her. I love Emily. She's a very, I mean, she's a very okay sis type of girl. Self-aware, very sure of herself, very honest about her insecurities and her struggles. And we got her to brag at the end. You know, we love doing that, sister. So I think you guys are going to love this episode. And in case you didn't know, we also love you. So enjoy, sisters. Enjoy. Hello. Look at that beautiful angel face. I mean, goddamn. God I mean, fucking God damn. damn. Wow. We got pimples over here, but you know, <laughs> I whatever. That's kind of greeting that I want like every day of my life. How do I, come on, can you guys live with me? What you need <laughs> yeah. to do is you need to get a reality television show that includes <laughs> me and Mads as the host. I'm not yes. to that at so all. We- we pop up just like random parts of your day and just <laughs> yeah. be your hype women. Um, first of all, Mazel Tov, you are pregnant AF. That is correct. And I am feeling pregnant AF today. That is true. <laughs> With a baby girl. How, right? Baby girl? A baby girl. 
How relieved were you when they told you it was a girl and not a boy? <laughs> Honestly, I was very, very happy. Thank you. I yeah. felt I felt good and I felt confident and it felt right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's um it's my worst nightmare to end up with I mean, I'll take one boy. With at but least not a, a girl. I with at yeah. least not a girl. I need, I'm only going to have two. And if one of them isn't a girl, God doesn't love me is the consensus. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think it's good to start with a girl for sure. Like the idea of starting with a boy, like I was like, they're a mystery to me as an adult. They're a mystery to me right. as a baby. Let's just start with something that I know. So you don't have brothers, I'm assuming. I do have a brother, but he's still a mystery to me generally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just I grew up it. with her so sisters only yeah sister too. gotta love them oh. yeah well that's really exciting when are you due i'm due december 4th oh my god yeah Ugh. that is so exciting you're, in it. Thank you. you're in it i know we're so happy for you um okay before we get into everything we need to do current fixations scout why don't you start okay so mads is gonna kill me for my current fixation okay you are. It's a good start. But I can't stop, can't stop listening to Photograph by Nickelback. It just puts me in the mood, man, you know? Like, it makes me feel like I'm 12 years, no, it makes me feel like I'm 16, and I'm just, like, cruising, and I'm like, look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Like, how do you not, how does, how do you not have emotions when you listen to that song? It really brings me back to a very particular place. Like it certainly does spiritually, emotionally, that song. <laughs> is it a, is it a good place? I I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, Emily, you could say no. You could say no. <laughs> um, Scout, do you like, are you part of the narrative of like the backlash of Nickelback? Like, do you, are you aware of like that everyone makes fun of this song? I'm aware that no one likes Nickelback. I'm aware that it's not okay. like it's not like a piece of art that's going to go down okay. in history okay. as like an intellectually, emotionally creative, you know, genius moment in our time. Okay. And it makes me feel nostalgic. As long <laughs> as you are aware, Scout, we will let you do what you do. At least it's not you two who, when you got an iPhone, they just put their whole fucking album on. You know, at least Nickelback's got some boundaries. True. You choose them when you need them. And I have chosen. And <laughs> yeah. And Scout, you're the only one that has chosen them. So <laughs> they have one fan. Yeah. Boy, Faye. All right. Off to a great start. That was great. Um, we're going to get canceled, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. My current fixation. This is kind of like a hot tip, okay? This is a hot tip for all the sisters out there. I am obsessed with Notion. Have you guys heard of Notion? No. Cricket. Okay. It is a note-taking platform meets, like, project management meets emojis. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but everyone on TikTok is obsessed with Notion. They post their, like templates and all these all these like predisposed templates that they have and if you ever want to watch something like super soothing just go on note-taking tiktok okay people are so creative and they're just whipping out these templates that i'm obsessed with i spent like hours yesterday just organizing my whole life so just so everyone knows i've been wanting to get a little more organized i have 
really big changes coming up in a couple weeks. So I'm trying to like get systems in place for my life. And I think I used to be a very traditionally organized person, like in the academic sense, like what back in school, I was very organized. And I feel like in the past couple of years, I've lost that. And there's something about just having your to-do list, your ongoing projects, you know, any meetings, notes, everything in one place. I feel so put together and it's not going to be, I think a lot of people get a bit overwhelmed when they put together something like this in a system because it's it's hard to maintain and keep going back and adding to it but I don't know I'm feeling great the emojis are alive and well I put an emoji in next to every single thing so it gives me a little pep in my step you know and it's I'm organized this is stressing me out we got I know Google Drive you're not not the target demo we got Monday we got Slack now we got whatever the fuck you just said we got you know it's like why doesn't someone just do one just one that does everything I am so done with needing 10 apps to organize my career Right. But I think this one does that, at least for me, like it's Mm. a blend between like the notes app and then one of the Mondays and the saunas and all that. Okay. I'll look into it. Just saying. And they like to put emojis on it. I I don't know. Something that promotes emojis. I feel like I. You're talking like adding emojis is like the holy grail of a feature. I think it is. I really think it is. It brightens up your day. It feels great. I'm sorry, Emily. Who doesn't want to see an emoji? I'm in a mood today. Okay, Emily, what's your current fixation? Okay, so actually in the same vein, when you say note-taking, so I've recently become committed to becoming a better reader. And by becoming a better reader, I'm learning how to take better notes while you read and doing little book summaries and chapter summaries. I know this sounds so incredibly nerdy, but I've been literally watching like YouTube channels about how to become a better reader and how to take better notes. And I'm very into it. I feel like a third grader all over again. And I love it. Is this nonfiction books? Yes. I'm trying to get better about reading more nonfiction. I love fiction, can eat fiction like in a second. I'm trying to do nonfiction. I'm like, but I read it. And then I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I'm reading a book and nothing goes into my brain. But now I'm getting better. So that's my thing lately. What's what's on the docket? Like what I was going to say, what are you reading? What are you reading? So right now I'm reading the book 48 Laws of Power, which like it's a very controversial one. Some people are like, that book is so bad. And some people are like, that book changed my life. Actually, my therapist told me to read it, which like take that as you will, whatever that means. She's like, you could use this. I'm like, okay, great. (laughs) And you're like, great. Thanks. (laughs) So that's what I'm trying right now. But it's like 48 chapters, 48 laws. Like I can get through that. You know what I mean? I'm doing the notes on each chapter of the summaries. Like I'm doing my best. I totally feel you on that, on the, like, and because I do this a lot where I'll read a book and I'll be so enamored. And in the moment, I'm like, oh my God, my whole mindset has changed. But I don't internalize it and then really create like action steps to implement whatever I was just learning or that revelation into my life. Like right now I'm reading Atomic Habits, Mm -hmm. which I highly recommend that you read. It is incredible. It's blowing my mind every second. But then yesterday I was like, what was that revelation I just had like two days ago? Like I totally forgot. So I really like this practice of being more involved in the book, if you will. Exactly. Like doing chapter summaries and stuff like that. I'm like, this was hard in the fifth grade and it's hard right now as well. Look at that. So, but it helps Mm. a lot. Yeah. Nonfiction is so interesting. I used to be exclusively a fiction reader and now I'm kind of exclusively a nonfiction reader. It takes a very good fiction book to get me in the mood, but I also kind of see, which is probably not a hot take, 
on nonfiction books is that you can kind of get the main thing that you need out of it. Like you're going to get one thing out of a nonfiction book. You are not going to get all the 20 tips they told you. And sometimes I feel like I get it pretty fast and then I have to just finish the rest of the book. Yes, I agree with that. Like, yeah. Okay. Like Wayne Dyer's uh, books. You can't, there's no reason to read them all. <laughs> um, I kind of see what you're saying. Like, there also is something in Atomic Habits where he summarizes the chapters at the end. Like, he literally, like, puts key takeaways. And I'm like, okay, great. Like, I mean, yes, I love, you know, to read the explanations. But, like, yeah, I could have just read that and been okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into you, Emily. We're so delighted to speak with you. First of all, Scott and I were just discussing this right before we got on. And we're like, we feel like we could be friends with Emily. And, like. <laughs> We just like feel like we have this kinship towards you. And I don't even know how it is because I've been watching your YouTubes for a long time. And I also discovered you because you were a fellow toaster and you were on the toast. And I feel this draw towards you because you keep everything very real. And you're extremely honest about not only what you've been through in the modeling industry and kind of the trials and tribulations you've had there, but just in general and your lifestyle and, and how you, how you're portrayed. I don't know. I just don't, I don't get that sense from a lot of models on Instagram or in the world. I would say, sense. and I don't know if this is going to accurately describe it or even sound right, but I was thinking about something. I'm being ridiculously silly. I didn't put any makeup on. My hair looks ridiculous. And like, to be honest, it's kind of a reflection of you, Emily, because I think you're so down to earth and rad. But if any other model, you know, that does modeling was coming on, like maybe I'd look a little bit better, but I just feel like when I see you, you're such a real person. There's this realness to you that doesn't seem, it's very approachable in a relatable way, if that makes sense. It's not something that I feel like I have to compare myself to you because so often we do that on the internet when we see women who have things that we want. And that's just really not the vibe that, you know, you people can't control what vibe they give off if other people are comparing themselves to you. But I think it says a lot about the type of content you put out there that I don't feel that way at all about your content as a model, which I think is rare. That's awesome. I mean, thank you so much. That was like five minutes of like the kindest compliments ever. I mean, I feel like I try to keep it real. I try to be honest. I don't put like a facade on for the internet. I also think with like influencers, models, celebrities, whatever you want to call them, like when you have a lot of followers and maybe people will know you or interested in your life, like that doesn't ne necessarily like make you particularly cool or actually interesting. But I think some people like when they have a lot of followers, they're like, oh, like I'm so awesome. And it's like, yeah, I, yeah, just, we're all just like normal people. Like you don't want to get like too far away from like who you are, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Ever since having a baby, I've been extremely conscious about what I spend my money on and which products I use. And clothing is no different. I want my wardrobe to be sustainable, good quality, and timeless. You have to be talking about Whimsy and Row, right? Whimsy and Row is an LA-grown, eco-conscious brand born out of the love for cute, comfy, and classic styles. Every piece is made by women for women. Quality goods, local production, natural and organic fabrics. Yes, please give me all the linens. 
Just like OK Sister, Whimsy and Row is based on the idea that women are multidimensional. There's a balance of flirty feminine and minimal masculine in all of our wardrobes, and Whimsy and Row means exactly that. From special occasions to everyday effortless styles, their clothing is meant to mix and match and wear on repeat. I have been wearing their Kira pant in black linen probably three times a week. Sisters, if you've been listening to this podcast or following me on Instagram, you know that Whimsy and Rose Kira Pant in Black Linen is a sisterhood staple at this point. Founder Rachel Temko created the brand back in 2014 because she wanted to create an approachable and inclusive brand that cared for the people and the planet first. Get the full Whimsy experience IRL at their Venice location or shop online at whimsyandrow.com. Their store in Venice is so cute. I can attest. And if you're in LA, I highly recommend stopping by. They are always putting on these amazing community events. They just launched their spring summer collection and we will be living in it all summer long. Visit their website, whimsyandrow.com. That's W-H-I-M-S-Y-A-N-D-R-O-W.com and use code OKSISTER for 15% off. Sisters, my goal these days is to always look put together when I leave the house. Nothing over the top or super dressed up or anything like that. I just want to look put together and feel good about what I'm wearing in an effortless yet refined way. When I look at my closet every single morning and think about what I can wear that is chic and intentional, I usually end up grabbing one of my Jenny Kane sweaters and I always end up loving the way I look and the way I feel in them. You all know, sisters, that when I envision my highest self, I am wearing Jenny Kane. Their sweaters are the quintessential must-have item. I cannot stop wearing my Marina set. I throw it on and immediately feel like I'm in a Nancy Myers movie, like I could just walk on the beach in Santa Barbara. It is the coastal grandma aesthetic. My favorite Jenny Kane sweater right now is their everyday sweater in taupe. This is the definition of a staple that every woman must have in their wardrobe. Sisters, trust me on this one. I wear it with leggings, oversized jeans, and a little kitten heel or a silk maxi skirt. Legit, Mads and I are so obsessed with wearing our Johnny Kane sweaters that we've literally shown up both wearing the same sweater once. The white alpaca cocoon crew neck, which is this deliciously oversized sweater. Yeah, that moment takes the cake. Both of us walking in with our matching Jenny Kane sweaters. We're obsessed. Can't take them off. Wearing them every day. The type of staples that save your outfit. That is what I love about their entire collection. It is truly the art of simplicity. They focus on comfort, quality, and timeless designs. You can curate a wardrobe that never goes out of style. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code OKSIS at checkout. That's 15% off your first order, J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code OKSIS. O-K-A-Y-S-I-S. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And in terms of, so you speak a lot about 
body image and body insecurities. And to be honest, I think when I first heard that you talk about body <laughs> image and insecurities, I was like, really? <laughs> A model is telling me what their body image? But I think what you more so discuss and, and bring light upon is regardless of if a model has some sort of beauty standard or body standard, you all are still constantly getting reprimanded on Instagram or on social media or even in the industry itself. It's like, even when you get the top body standard, there is still tons of criticism. And it, I can just imagine that it is exhausting to deal with because your body is basically your product, you know, and to constantly be criticized and told that it's not good enough when literally it is, and it's a body, I can imagine how that takes a toll. So like, what are, what are some things you've done to kind of stand up to that type of culture and really claim your body as your own? Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, when I was much younger, when I first started modeling, like I did not stand up to that culture and I was not at peace with that, you know, like it didn't matter what it was, whether someone said you're too big or your legs are too big or what, even if someone was like, people would say the most ridiculous things like, oh, she smiles too much. And my heart would break. But when you're 17 years old, you're like, well, I'll just smile less. Like, it's fine. Like I can change that, like whatever it takes. And like, you're just so weak and not able to kind of like stand up for yourself. But I think with like time and age, and then also realizing, I like think I got to a point where I was like, people are always going to have something to say in our industry. Like whether it's that you're too big, or you don't smile enough, or you don't have enough followers, or you don't know this person, like there's always going to be something. So if you get hung up on every single thing that someone says about you, and I think it's also remembering that someone can say a million things about you, but that doesn't necessarily make them true. Like you decide what your truth is, and you decide what that inner dialogue is with yourself. Because I think for a long time, I did absorb all of those things. I took it personally, I took it to heart. And I said, I am too big. I do need to lose weight. I want to be a good model. I want to be successful and I need to be skinny. And that's what I need to do. Like, I want to do a good job. But I think I quickly realized that like, if you can be the thinnest person in the room as a model and it's still not enough. And my inner dialogue was always like, you're not enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. And I think I literally just burnt myself into the ground, like I burnt myself out. Like I was like, I'm so tired of this inner voice that I have that's so mean and keeping me down and I can't live a happy, fulfilling life because I'm just on this hamster wheel, literally and figuratively, like at the gym for like hours a day, trying to turn myself into something that will just never be, to be honest. So I think time and age and just being almost harder on myself in a way to like be like, don't absorb all of these things. Just because people say mean things about you doesn't necessarily make it true. And kind of just owning my body and being like, this is who I am. It's enough for me. Like, I want to play ball too. And I think that I can. But it took time and effort and a lot of conversations with like management and agents and people to be like, no, guys, like, this is it. And I think we can make it work. <laughs> it's so interesting to me. And I would love to hear your perspective on this. It's something that I've been realizing is that. I think that the kind of that narrative of, oh, you're, you're a model. Why are you complaining about your body? I think there's almost this new narrative that I'm developing within myself is that I, you know, I believe that my body's pretty banging in many ways. There's some insecurities I got going on and like, there's so many places I want to go with this. I'll start with this first. You know, as someone who I think from the outside has a societally attractive body in many ways to the standards, in some ways, not model standards, but regular standards, 
I have a lot of body insecurities at time and I felt as if I could not share them publicly because I did not look the way someone, quote unquote, society says can talk about body image issues. And I did share it once on Instagram and I got so many DMs from women who I thought were skinnier, hotter than me. Every spectrum, every range of body type felt exactly how I was feeling. And I realized that as women, we cannot escape this narrative that society has told us, no matter what we look like. And so when I look at women who I believe have a certain body thing that I want, I know that they struggle with something too, no matter the size. And then if you take this idea that we all scrutinize ourselves so significantly, see ourselves so differently, and are afraid to talk about it because maybe it doesn't look like it's supposed to, whatever, is that Take that, take that what we all live with, no matter what we look like, and then add it to your job. I was watching your reel of what they said to you, and a normal person who has, who's secure, that would break them. So I think that when you say things like that, it allows so many of us to understand that what people are projecting onto women is unacceptable and not okay in so many ways. And there needs to be a new dialogue around female bodies because they change constantly. Like I'm approaching 30 in this last year. Oh boy, has my body just proportionately changed in areas. And so that's what I think is so refreshing about what you do because I think that a lot of women are living in shame, not thinking they deserve to be insecure, but they are. Totally. I feel like all women, yes, we're all put under these like insane standards, pressures. I feel like, especially I was born in 1991, like in the 2000s, we were all projected like the same super thin, tall, blonde, skinny, white woman. Like that's all like imprinted on us. I feel like at least like 90s kids or like millennials, whatever. So I feel like we all kind of struggle with that. And I think also a lot of women, at least like even the girls that I work with who are the literal like perfection, the thinnest, like all of the things they have these exact struggles too. They have these inner demons that we kind of all are like battling with, but we all are on our own journey, like trying to come to peace with our body. And the point you said about how our bodies are always changing, that was insanely difficult for me because I started modeling when I was like 16, 17 years old. Now I'm 30 years old. My body was changing and fluctuating. And I remember being like, the models I see like in the Victoria's Secret catalog, their bodies look the same every time I open the catalog for like the swimsuit season. Like my body's different like every two weeks because I get my period. Like I don't get it. <laughs> like, so I think like we also need to be comfortable with like, that this is a long life that we're hopefully going to live. Your body's going to go through many phases and changes and moons. And like, that's okay. Like you don't have to be like micromanaging it every second. What are some tangible practices that you rather, uh, of course there's mindset shifts and there's, you know, more, a better internal talk or self-talk, but what are some things that you've done to battle that? Because for me, I deal with really, really intense body dysmorphia. Like I don't I don't I don't think I see what other people see at all and I think most people women feel this way but it's I don't know how to shift it because I could just be like hey like I am small and and great and whatever and I can love love my body but I don't know where it where the the tangible steps fit in there is it just this constant working on catching yourself and catching those thoughts in the moment or what are some things you've done for me it was catching myself in the moment and 
like it's almost counterintuitive when I say like being harder on myself because on one hand I want to be more gentle on myself about what my body is going through at different times but I also had to kind of take responsibility for like the inner dialogue and conversations that I was having so you know I would wake up and I would automatically like check my body and look in the mirror like stop doing those things. Like you have to be like, today is not the day. I'm not doing that today. Or like, just because my jeans don't fit today, like I'm not going to let myself fall down a dark rabbit hole. Like I had to kind of be like my own inner coach or my own inner person who is bigger and better, who is like, we're not doing that today. Like we're moving on. Like who cares? Do something else, like figure it out. We're not going to be like complaining and sad and in a pit because like X, Y, Z happened today or you stepped on the scale, which I don't even recommend ever getting on a scale. I don't. But for me, that's what really worked was like really being on top of myself, not letting myself get into those dark places. And I also think another, I don't know if this is necessarily tangible, being mindful of like who you hang out with and what they're talking about. Because unfortunately, I think, especially in the beginning of my modeling career, I hung out with a lot of other models and their entire identity, lives, hobbies, lifestyles revolved around being thin and talking about being thin. And it totally makes sense that that is the narrative for models like for us, because it is our work, but it was totally toxic. And I felt that when I started making friends in other industries or friends who just didn't really focus on that, I felt a lot lighter and it felt a lot less present for me. That's such, such good advice. Like to think about who you're having conversations with, because I was not feeling my best the other week because I was in the thick of my PMS where it's just a mind fuck. It's just a fucking mind fuck. And I went on a, I listened to a podcast of someone who I super, super, super admire. And it was kind of talking a lot about weight loss. And I thought that it was making me feel better. And I was like, wait, this is, this is not the conversation I need in my ear right now. And so I switched content. So even taking it one step further from friends to the content that you consume to the women that are on your feed potentially. Like sometimes it's okay to turn off women if they are currently making you feel insecure with your body. And I have found, I don't know if if you do this, Emily, because I went off birth control and my psych meds at the same time. And so my body just changed overnight in like a month and a half really, really quickly. And like none of my clothes really fit for a little bit. And I started to develop almost a relationship in thinking of my body as her. So every single morning, because I don't know why, every single morning I look at myself naked, but I do it in a really central, empowering way. I'll put myself into an angle, a position that I like, and just like almost worship the sacredness of who I am. And I'll start talking to her as a her, like, I love you so much today. Thank you for doing this. Like, I'll touch a part of my body. And going back to almost more spiritual content in the sense of the archetype of a mother, the archetype of the wise woman, the archetype of mother earth, and looking at different types of bodies that were more present in ancient, ancient history, back to more tribal days, back to more ancient histories. A woman's body was just so incredibly revered and worshipped in its overflowingness, in its abundance, in the fact that the hips went out and the boobs were big. Like that was something that was so incredibly beautiful. And I think that by taking, I follow some people that bring me that narrative back Mm -hmm. and I recognize the power in what my body does. And so I've been talking to her and creating like these sacred rituals and worshipping her in a way. And it's helped me so much. That's amazing. That is such a good practice. And I think 
being mindful of the content that you're consuming and what you're looking at. Like, I can't even tell you, I'm like embarrassed to say how many people I have muted. I bet you we have the same people muted, honestly. Like literally I bet you we do because <laughs> I just can't, but it really is another tangible thing that it's like, you need to be mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah. Architect your feed so that it makes you feel good, not feel insecure and comparative. So one thing, I, I mean, you're pregnant now, so it's like your body is going to completely shift and change as well. So talk to, and you seem like a very secure human being now that you've been through all this. So as you move into this next phase of your body, what are some things going on in your head? Like, was there any fear or was it like, oh my God, I am so excited for this to be happening to my body because to me I'm definitely not ready to have a kid but like that is that is a fear of mine is like I don't know I'm I know that I'm the type of person that when I get pregnant I am gonna be a bowling ball like I'm not just gonna be like boop boop it's gonna be everywhere I'm gonna be like rolling down the streets like it's going to be a lot. So I struggle with wanting that because of course at the end, there's a beautiful reward. It's like a beautiful thing. You forget about everything, but it's so interesting that we go through this intimate transformation that some people can't even get out of on the other end, you know? So I'd love to hear about what your approach is and how, how you're being gentle with yourself in this phase. Yeah. I mean, I felt all the feelings under the sun. Like I think I have felt and thought all the dark thoughts and all the happy and positive ones too. Like, especially cause you're so emotional during this time. Like the answer to your question is yes, I do. I, if I'm being honest, I do get anxiety sometimes about my body changing because you're just like, it's out of your control. There is something peaceful about that, but there is also something terrifying about that because you're like, wow, all of a sudden, like I have double D's, holy shit. Like that's cool, but I don't have any bras, like, wow. But there were definitely moments where for me, you know, I spent so many years trying to be thin. I, my identity is so tethered to trying to be thin and like being a model that you're like, well, now's the time where I, don't need to be like on that hamster wheel and like it's the same it's, it's it's peaceful but it's also complicated and sometimes I wake up but what I try to think of how I try to think about it and how I feel honestly in my body is like sometimes I wake up and I'm like I feel like I'm living a science experiment because like my stomach is like growing every day like things are happening like I'm feeling weird things like also really good things too though right like I feel a very weird sense of calm like a lot more sane in a weird way like there's many things that feel like they're falling into place but I also have moments where I'm like what is happening to my body but the other thing is that I'm like if I show what is the alternative like not get pregnant and to like tr try to be thin for the rest of my life like what's the point in that that's not really living or evolving either you know what I mean I always knew I wanted to have children I want to have a family and I also think like it's helpful my mom was always so blase blah about having children her body the whole thing she's like you just do it and I'm like mom what about natural childbirth she's like just shut up and just do it like the rest of us and I'm like okay, no sympathy, but kind of helpful. But I think it's just allowing yourself to feel all of the feelings and not feeling bad about it. And I started reaching out to other like mom friends, like very early on, because I was like, wow, none of my friends are really pregnant right now. And like friends of friends or more distant friends. And I quickly knew that I needed to like start leaning on like a new group of people during this time. Do you think 
that so it's like I feel like there's two camps or not two camps two generational differences between you know our parents and the way we do like which your mom said just do it like the rest of us do it which I think serves a very strong purpose and wanting to understand and be more emotionally in tune about it and get into it also serves a purpose and I think both have their cons as well do you find because you know, I have been married for three and a half years. I'm turning 30. I'm the same age as you. It's on the mind, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I get scared just by the sheer amount of information and the fact that in the spirit of talking about it, right? Like people are like, why is no one talking about this? In the spirit of being very transparent, maybe we're scaring people a little bit. Like, you know what I mean? I just think about it and... I'm not even pregnant, but the amount of times someone will say, well, get ready to not sleep. And just, it's like kind of insane. How do you, how do you reckon with that? Because even as someone who's not pregnant, I'm afraid of all of the opinions of all of the horror stories. And no one, in my opinion now, no one talks about the good stuff enough, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. It's funny. I do find and agree that a lot of women like to share their horrific birth stories or like, But in a way, I kind of look at it like they're sharing that because they feel compelled to share that because it's like their trauma. I think it's not necessarily because it's going to be the truth for me or for everyone else. It's just like something for them that's still very like present that they feel the need to like share in a way. I don't know if that makes sense. You know what I mean? But it's like, this was my experience and this is how it was. And they kind of feel the need to share it. I try not to absorb it too much because I'm like, I've heard a million different versions of this story like my version of it is going to be what it is, whether I hear all of these stories or I don't. But I think there is definitely an element of TMI and like the real moms or the cool moms who are like, it's a nightmare. Like I drink wine. Like, how do you get through it? Like at least on TikTok, like the algorithm is definitely like stalking me with these types of videos. (laughs) And I know how the algorithm works. Like it's giving me more things that I'm interacting with, but like, you know what I mean? But I just feel like what I've tried to tell myself this entire time is like my body knows what it's doing. People have been doing this for millions of years. It's going to be okay. Like I trust my intuition. I'm trying to eat and intuitively work out intuitively. Like there's so much information out there and there's so many people who are like compelled to share a lot of it. But it's like, at the end of the day, I don't think you need to know as much as people are letting on. (laughs) Like so far, so good. (laughs) Yeah, I I think it's also just trying to understand what works best for you because and I mean we talk about this in other realms of life as well I mean in terms of routines in terms of productivity so everyone will tell you what has and hasn't worked for them but that does it's not a prescription it really isn't and I I totally feel you scout like I'm fucking scared shitless scared to have a baby. Scared like shitless. everyone's like, oh my God, I don't have any time for yourself. And that's why I, that's why I don't have a baby now. I'm like, I'm too selfish, I guess. I like, I still, I can't sacrifice parts of my life yet because I just have heard these horror stories. And I'm sure there's some like modem of truth in that, but it's so true that we, in this mass information that's just been shoved at us, how do we distill it into just what what is feeling good for me right now? And I, I do love that intuition, that that just kind of being like, oh, yes, oh, no, that's not good. Let's w- walk away from that. And it's like a business. And I love what you said. 
it's like, it's like a business. No, like, like, it's no, literally but, a business. No, but I think that we need to bring a little bit more naivete back to the motherhood. Like I always say, if you told me this was going to be this business, like I probably would have started. I started because I was naive. Like I think in many ways, I think we need a little bit more naiveness as we enter motherhood. I agree with that. What a great, great um, tips from Scout. <laughs> Put the naive naivete back into motherhood. Um, that is not a good. Okay, that's so not I a do. good clip. That's, that's gonna get. That's gonna get. Clickbait. It's gonna get distorted and misconstrued quite quickly. Na- name of the podcast episode. Um, okay, so I do want to talk about your skincare line because you launched it right before you got, or you got pregnant right before you launched it, which is like, oy vey. Yeah. So talk to us about about it specifically because i know there's it feels very much like a straightforward no bullshit type of skincare line which i think we all need (laughs) in this world but i also want to discuss working with your best friend which um you know we work we're together we're sisters scout and i so we get this question all the fucking time and i think our dynamic is obviously a little different than best friends because there is like a familial relationship but i would love to hear uh, that's also something that people uh you know warn you about like don't get into business with your best friend so kind of like how did you know specifically that christina was the one that that was going to be the best person for this yeah i mean i think that that rule can apply with certain friendships and certain relationships like when people are like don't go into business with your best friend Like, because when I think about it, like I would not have created Covey with anyone. Like I can think of like three best friends that this never in a million years would have worked with, but I knew that it would work with Christina because we're extremely different. Like I'm more creative. I'm more type B. Like I'm an influencer, a model, like have a totally different set of skills and strengths than she does. She works in marketing. She's been at Google for 12 years. She's extremely type A, extremely organized, like always has an agenda and ready to go. So us coming together is like a great marriage. But I also think as best friends, like we are really good at being honest with each other and being able to move on really quickly, which I always think is a great symbol of like a great relationship, whether it be a friendship or romantic. Like if you and your partner can kind of be like, you're really pissing me off. Like this isn't working. Like, please stop doing that. And they're like, oh, whatever, fine. And then you're over it. It's done. Like onward and upward. I feel like Christine and I are really good at being like, this isn't working or this is like, I'll handle this. Like you stay in your lane or I'll do this. And then we move on. Like we do what's best for the business. I also think what's helpful for us is we always have like an agenda, like a social agenda and a business agenda, because we don't want like one or the other to take over. So we're always like, we want to talk about this, 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 and this. And then this is this about the business and like making sure we still have the marriage of both. But I don't know if that answers the question. That's so, yeah, you definitely answered it. So like I, I am right now also starting a business. I'm starting a travel recommendations app and I started it with, a a girl that I she was actually my boss at my first company and we were friendly and then we went to business together now we're like best friends like family it just like happens that way when you start something but I think and we literally have when we start like working our work day we'll have like okay an hour catch up social time and then moving into to work and it's so it's such an interesting relationship to navigate because you know when you're 
socializing, you're like, oh, fuck, we like, you know, wasted an hour of work that we could have been doing. But it's like, no, that we did this to have fun and to be together. So it's like, so that balance of prioritizing your friendship and like, do you guys maybe schedule dinners together? So we're like, okay, no work talk, or is it kind of all blended? Um, just like, what, what are your, some of your tips? Cause I, I want to make sure that I'm in my pursuits. I want to preserve that beautiful friendship aspect of things, but then also obviously start a business and like get shit done. Yeah. I think when there's a limited time, like if we're getting on the phone or we're seeing each other very briefly, we're definitely more business or we'll like mention a few things, but we're both really good at being like, we'll get into that later. When we're at a dinner, it's more blended because that is a more casual setting. We're not in a rush. Nothing's happening. Like we will still have an agenda. I'm not going to lie. Like we want to hit a few points, but I definitely think when there's like limited time being thoughtful of like, this isn't like social power hour, but like, that's okay. Like you'll get to it and like acknowledge that. It's so interesting, Mads, because you and I have not, I think it's probably because we're sisters. So we're forced to be together in family settings and functions and other things that you and I have never had to put like, oh, we're sisters now. And then we're doing business. We've never had to do that. Have you really like thought about it? We've ne- I think it's like also a podcast is different than running a, a bit a product well, based business. Yeah, I think it's because I think it's because we also like catch up on the podcast. Like our work is our lives, and like so it's like we're literally do- we're just like, hey, what'd you do this weekend on the work? Yeah, you know. So th- that seems like a different, but it's true. Like I think we've always talked about this about like redefining work environments and what you bring to work and. You know, I think we've been so conditioned to be a certain way and split ourselves based on professional and personal, whereas Scout has really empowered me to bring my full, authentic, emotional self to work because and use it to my advantage rather than like suppressing a certain side of myself to show up. And that kind of seems like something that you guys value, too, at Covey, where it's like, no, this is our full best friendship, social, personal brand that we are inserting into the life of this. I really feel like that's the feminine. Like, I feel like that's the feminine way of doing business. I feel like is that's starting to change because there's more and more female business owners. And I, th- I think that if women didn't get into business, it would still be this, like, I don't think men are craving this as much as women. Or, I shouldn't say craving. They're not as um, pushing the boundaries on the blurring of personal life and business life and who you are in each, um, which I think is really, really interesting. And it's just so fascinating for me to listen to other people who have partners because I'm self-aware enough in business to know that I can never have a partner in a business. Like I at never, like I will never, there's one girl I can, one friend I can think of that I would work with. And it's only because we have the exact same work styles and work ethics. I think I am awesome to work for. I, I'm not a nice person to work with. But being aware of that is key. Being aware of your strengths and what you're good at and what you're not is, is very much key. I think. Yeah. Okay. So talk to us about the line specifically, because I know that there's three products. So yeah. Tell, and also we're skin, we're skincare enthusiasts. So like we want ingredients, we want like all the stuff, Amazing. you know? Well, okay. So we launched in March and yes, I found out I was pregnant two weeks later. The timing was 
I'm always like, it was wonderful and magical, but not perfect. Um, so it's a three-step system. We started the cubby routine because basically I came from the school of thought more was more with skincare. I had a 10 plus skincare routine. My skin still sucked. It was always on fire and like falling off my face. I love sharing my routines on the internet, but I would always get torn apart in the comments. People would be like, those aren't the right products. You're using them wrong. That's not the right order. You can't use those ingredients together. And I was like, this is so complicated. I love skincare. I'm so passionate about it. Why is it so confusing? I did a ton of research. My business partner, Christina, actually went through over 500,000 comments. She went through a bunch of skincare communities, skincare addiction. We were on Twitter and people had the same questions I had. What products do you actually need in your routine? How do I use them? What order should they be in? And do they work together? So that's why we created this three-step system. It's compatible, it's simple, and it's effective. <laughs> I love it. And I so it's it's a cleanser, yep. it's vitamin C and moisturizer. So cleanser, right? yep. The cleanser is first of all cleanser. We named all the products and the reference the order you're supposed to use them in. We try to keep it as simple, straightforward, like so not confusing. It's an all-in-one cleanser, takes off makeup, dirt, grime, everything from the day. It doesn't strip the skin. We have a ton of hydrating ingredients in there. I wanted it to take off all of my makeup. I would come home from photo shoots and have like tons of makeup on. We did like 13 different iterations of this product. And if it didn't take everything off, we went straight back to the drawing board, removes waterproof makeup. It's amazing. Then we have our next step vitamin C serum, which is actually with THD ascorbate. Most people are familiar with L-ascorbic acid, but THD ascorbate is actually 50 times stronger than L-ascorbic acid. It is also more stable. It has absolutely no sense. A lot of people complain about the smell of vitamin C serum, hot dog water, ham, old pennies, like all of those things. There's also great seed extract in there and vitamin E. And then last but not least, moisturizer, which has squalane in there, glycerin, sodium hyaluronate, super hydrating, very whippy, creamy. I wanted something that played really well under makeup. And then the three products were formulated to work together. We partnered with a dermatologist in New York City. And it's just supposed to be really simple. We wanted to make your skincare routine like a delight, straightforward, something you could achieve no matter where you were at in your day or your life, busy women. So that's it. I love that. I think it's also very smart because I think it is the new place the skincare industry is going into. As you saw, you saw all these comments that things are doing wrong. Most likely I'm doing something wrong as well. And so I think that getting back to basics of what just works for your skin is going to be the new way of doing things for sure. Yeah. I mean, in our research, like three years ago, we like skin minimalism now is a huge trend, but like three years ago, we were seeing that because so many people were like, I can't do all this. Like, is that really going to be like my morning, like 10 steps? Like people are, are not down or at least a lot of women are. Yeah. And the cost of that extensive yeah. of a skincare routine say. is just, it's definitely unattainable in many ways. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Okay, Madge, should we ask our last question? Oh, yes. I feel like I love our last question. Should I say it or should you? Um, okay, you can say it. Thank you. Uh, Emily, if you were to brag about one thing and you cannot be humble... What would you brag about? What would you say? Have you guys, do you answer that on every podcast? We don't, but we can. Yeah, we can. I mean, we just believe, we just believe that women have a hard time feeling inner pride. And so we ask that, yeah. So we ask this to get you out of the comfort zone. So something for me is that I feel that I want to brag about is I did a lot of like, fuck fear moments in the past two weeks like really really intense and I'll talk about it on the podcast in a couple of weeks but like really intense scary life decisions that will only bring me 
closer to my goals. But in the moment, it was extremely difficult to because I had fear surrounding them. I, I was it was a lot of culmination of things. And I I said no to opportunities that I thought I really wanted to, but to make space for a larger goal of mine to come true. So that's something I want to brag about. Like, I, I feel really proud of myself that I that I did that this past week. That's, that's awesome. Okay. I think mine, like, it's kind of weird and it's kind of like in the past, but I would say something that I always feel kind of proud of is that I, from choosing to model full time and like I kind of chose this alternative path in my life and didn't go to college right away, which I felt so insecure about and horrible about, mm. but I did set myself up for success for like my life and I was financially stable by the time I was 17 years old I bought my own apartment when I was like 20 in New York City and I was very proud in the end that I like made the decisions that I made and worked as much as I did even though I wanted to be like playing beer pong in basements and frat houses like my friends were <laughs> that's incredible you didn't miss anything at all you, did, <laughs> yeah, you didn't miss anything you did it right <laughs> and that is a huge huge accomplishment that you should go to bed every single night proud of yourself for thank you Okay, love. Where can everybody find you? Tell everyone we want all the sisters to make sure they're following you along on your journey. Yeah, you can find me at, at Emily DiDonato, DiDonato Emily on TikTok, YouTube, Emily DiDonato, and I'll see you guys all there. I love it. And you can find us sisters at OKSIS Podcast. Love you. Thanks, sisters. Hey there, I'm Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. If there's one thing I know from both my personal and clinical experience, it's that we are really good at comparing ourselves to others. We tend to get stuck in the unhelpful narratives that play on repeat in our minds, and we struggle to set boundaries and create healthy love. Each week, I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair, and being a wife, mother, and business owner to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you you change the dialogue in your life. Tune in every Thursday to I'm Not Your Shrink wherever you listen to podcasts. While I'm not your shrink, I am still human and I'm excited for us to be in our vulnerability and humanness together.